Good evening, Starling City, and welcome to yet another episode of Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alison Kennedy, and here's your other host, Ross. Oh, mm-hmm. And this is <laughs> episode 16 of Starling City Radio, and um, tonight we've got a comic from Judd Winnick yet again, and another episode of Arrow to discuss. Um, so I've got a small bit of news that I'd like to throw in here that ties into another show, Ross. Um, it, well, it's not it's not news, it's just more of a what we expected. The Flash pilot seems to have went down a treat with the studio bosses at CW. Yeah, it certainly has. I, I've been reading up on uh, quite a lot of reviews are coming through. Well, not we've not seen the reviews of the pilot yet, but the reactions have been uh, positive, and it looks like it's close to being inked in as a full season. So that's quite cool. Um, there's been yeah, there's quite a lot of dialogue has been put up and written up as well. But again, when people write up like script excerpts or dialogue stuff, you you shouldn't really take that with like a largest grain of salt as possible. But yeah, I'm quite glad that people are getting it's getting favourable reviews and it's gonna be quite interesting to see how different tonally it's gonna to be from, from Arrow as well. So yeah, it should be good. Which we got another glimpse into in this week's episode that we'll get into. Um yep. with the two characters from Flash T V shows. But of course we always start with the comic. Uh and this week our book was Crawling from the Wreckage, um, yet another in Judd Winnick's stellar line of Green Arrow. I mean, he has to be one of my favourite that we've read, like, to continually be mostly good, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and this is his penultimate uh, run, uh, sort of book as well, on his run of Green Arrow, so Road to mm. Jericho after this one is the final one of his run, so it's quite it's quite nice to sort of be able to stick with this one writer as he's navigated through the through the Green Arrow sort of universe and that, which is quite cool, and and uh, quite a lot has has happened within the year. As if you've listened to last e- last uh, week's episode, you would have found out that it sort of finished in a bit of a cliffhanger with Star City being destroyed or a section of it anyway. Uh, and now we take up the story a year later. So uh, and quite a lot's changed, hasn't it? <laughs> With, our, just, with Oliver Queen, <laughs> with Mister Miss Mayor Queen, <laughs> Mayor Queen, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's now Star City's mayor, um, mm-hmm. and he seems to be really uh, the Judge Winnick really sort of hammers home his whole sort of left wing political ideas um, mm-hmm. by having his his opinion on uh, certain uh, areas of, like of life. Same sex marriage, yeah, same sex marriage being the main one as well, and uh, obviously uh, his whole goal is to rebuild. Uh, uh, I <clears throat> rebuild Star City uh, to bring up to the glory because it seems like everywhere else in America has pretty much forgotten about Star City and they've been left to fend for themselves. So uh, it feels Oliver Queen seems to think it's up to himself to make sure that the poor are uh, looked after and there's a big conglomerate person that's trying to just turn Star City into a tourist attraction. So it's quite interesting. I mean, it's quite cool. And I don't know if you noticed, but the area that was... Um, Destroyed is uh, referred to as the Glades as well, so it's nice mm. to see Arrow have picked up on that as well, and added that as a reference, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's an alright story, yeah, not bad. Uh, I wasn't overly keen on it. Like, I felt it was more of one of these. One year later, let's force a sort of. It felt like almost like a reboot, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, here's a brand new Origins. This is where all he is now. This is what he's doing. But I mean. He's like the whole city's in like poverty, but he's like still the rich mayor, and it's like 
Mm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like it's 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 a bit weird in the fact that he's trying to like sort of uh, fight in poverty, but he's not actually lived in poverty as well, which is a bit kind of it's a bit weird. His stances doesn't make sense a wee bit, and as you said, it is it does feel like a sort of secondary origin story. Um, mm-hmm. as when you read into it, you actually find out that he's been away to an island for a year when Deathstroke quizzes um. Dracon and stuff like you know and I know you know you don't find out exactly what he did on this island again but then that just sounds like a retread of his original origins you know so yeah see the only other thing is like um it just seems like obviously it's Judd Winnick's character as we're reading just now and he seems to just off, put him on a pedestal sort of thing I mean like he obviously meets up with Deathstroke and there's a quite a cool fight in the, the book I enjoyed, the fights between Deathstroke and Arrow, I always do, but um, the fact that he managed to actually uh, send him to the slammer like MC Hammer, it was, <laughs> it's, it's a bit like, okay, so Green Arrow just wins, is that what you're going to title the rest of your run? Even though we know the next one's the last. Um, like the, 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 It never seemed like he had too much of a problem with Deathstroke either, like when he first fight him, I'm sure there was something like Deathstroke said, you were prepared or you were expecting me and it was just he kind of phones it in now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, coming to the end of his run, whereas like yeah, Green Arrow is just the ultimate, you know. And Green Arrow's in my mind's always got to be the hero that doesn't always completely win. If you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering the sort of the the bad blood between Deathstroke and Green Arrow, uh, obviously stemming from identity crisis, I was mm-hmm. expecting that to be fleshed out. Like maybe I have like a sort of. Uh, the first battle between the two is almost like a draw and then they both have to go away, you know, reevaluate each other's tactics and then meet up again for like another battle. And considering how sort of easy he took down Deathstroke, whereas like the yeah. likes of like Batman, Nightwing and various other uh, heroes have, you know, have either been beaten by Deathstroke or have never managed to sort of, you know, put him in prison, kind of makes it <laughs> a little bit like... Is, is like, Batman never in prison him, no? Uh, no, Batman's never beat him. I don't think. I think that's one oh. of the ones. Or, or if he has, I don't know. I don't know of it. Um, but I mean, but then again, at the end of the day, though, the way uh, when it has written Deathstroke, uh, he's written him such a way where you do get the idea: did Deathstroke just, you know, intentionally lose in order yeah. for him to figure out more about it? And obviously, as he gets into prison, you find out that he wants to figure out exactly how Green Arrow has changed and why he's different. So, you know, there could be the the point where, like, you know, fair enough, Green Arrow's won, but he hasn't really. He's actually, Deathstroke kind of won in, in a weird roundabout way by being able to go in, figuring out exactly what Green Arrow's been up to for that year. And then, hopefully, we might see another encounter within the next book. So, it'll be quite interesting to see that. But, yeah, it was quite good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I, you do feel like it's... Uh, it's running its course now with George Winnick and now him being the mayor and all that stuff. It'd be interesting to see where they take it next. Yeah, where can they go from that? Yeah, it's like, it's this, 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 this been basically felt like, like you've just hit the nail on the head. What more can he do with Green Arrow now? And it's probably best that the next book was his last one because he's just kind of, like uh, okay, you he's he's done this character obviously for several years, like years and years. I don't know if even Mike Grell wrote more than Judd Winnick. Probably Mike Grell was one of the only ones to do so, and even Mike Grell kept him like he, he, knew, he understood Green Arrow's limits. Like he knew what tier in DC superheroes he was based, you know. Whereas Judd Winnick seems to have just placed him up there with, like you said, Batman or the likes, where it's like, yeah, he can just yeah. beat anyone I throw at him now. Yeah, there's like he doesn't explore like his his 
Green Arrow's flaws as much mm. as I was kind of hoping. You know, he's trying to make him as like a guy who's good, who can who can defeat anyone via crime fighting or uh, or politics. You know, and yeah. it's, he's not really like failed at either one of those sort of like areas that he's supposed to sort of like jump into. And and yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of. It's a shame because that's what sort of draws me to characters is how they sort of like combat their flaws and how they sort yeah. of, you know, work, work, you know, be successful even though they're still flawed. And, and we all know Green Arrow isn't as good as the likes of Batman and stuff like that, no. you know. But, and, but however, as you said, Judge Winnick does make him, make him feel like he's almost on the same level and is totally not on the same level, same level as the likes of Batman and everything. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't, I, mean, I don't think he actually needs to be written that way. But do you think he's maybe just got an an ego about his version of the character, where he's like, I'm going to make him be able to, you know, rather than okay, let's just ignore the whole. Ollie's not exactly. I would not. I don't mean unstable, but Ollie's not exactly as reliable when it comes to like. 100% perfect, if you want to call it that, like Batman sometimes pulls. But, I mean, even Batman has his flaws, but he's in a different tier from Ollie, and I just felt that this, like, I'm, I'm keeping repeating myself, but the only, the, the biggest downfall in this book, apart from the fact that I didn't like him as mayor, was, it's like, like I said, Green Arrow wins would have been a better title. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's that as well. It just shows you how much he he's relied on his family, the family side to sort of give that flawed character of Green Arrow. And now that it's, the family isn't really mentioned that much in this in this book, you know, you realise that out with that family stuff, there isn't actually anything else like flawed to the way Judge Winnick's written it. There's nothing else that's flawed to Green Arrow, you know. And because uh-huh. if if you look back, everything that that was flawed about him was how he dealt with his personal relationships. And yeah, you know, with his personal relationships, he's he seems to be like this sort of you know super superhero. Well, I know he is a superhero, but you know like yeah. a super superhero. And it's 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 a shame. See if they brought up some sort of flaw in there within his either his fighting skills or his political skills and yeah maybe maybe a bit more approachable and all that stuff but you know going back to the family thing as well it's quite quite strange to find that you know we didn't really hear too much about what happened to the family within the year i know speedy turns up and uh, we don't really hear much about connor either which is um no. it's quite it's interesting you know it'll be interesting to see if, if it gets pushed up again considering how much work went into those two two characters considering speedy and the hiv and and you got connor obviously being Green Arrow's son, and mm-hmm. but obviously the fact that like he was there and is present at Connor's birth, you know, having that whole build up, and now we're coming towards sort of the last book of George Winnick, and nothing has really been either resolved or or sort of tied up yet. So it'll be quite interesting to see what happens in Road to Jericho when we when we get to it. Have you have you read Road to Jericho, Ross? Or uh, no, no, uh, crawling crawling through the wreckage was uh, I'd only read the first couple of issues of that, uh, basically just to sort of like fill myself in from the sort of one year later uh, mm-hmm. run that happened. Uh, so the tail end of uh, crawling through the wreckage was pretty much brand new to me, um, and then obviously Road to Jericho is completely new. I've read some of the Black Canary stuff, which happens afterwards as well. So I'm kind of getting into we're getting into the territory now where I kind of dropped out of the comic books bit at this kind of point in time so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing a few uh, read a few more books that i might not have read before um yeah. and obviously we're coming we're getting edging closer to the new 52 and hopefully the next couple of episodes will be will be up to speed so but yeah um i mean yeah overall it's, it is decent and i mean if you're enjoying judge winnick's run so far then it's good to stick with it you know and it does continue on the story after the cliffhanger and 
And I mean, yeah, it kind of sets up this road to Jericho, which again, we're not really too sure what's going to go happen there. We don't know if they're going to go back into an almost like a year one style storyline mm. where we find out what he did in the island again, or if it's going to continue on and try and tie up. Maybe Judgment's going to use this to tie up all the loose ends he had um, in his run before he pretty much ends it. So, be interesting to see. But I mean, overall, though, crawling through the wreckage is, is, is decent. And yeah, it's good. So, um, uh, like, like uh, it will be good to start a new um, run after Judd Winnick, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week's to see what he does in his final sort of issues, and I'm looking more forward into moving on and getting something new, because it was a long run when it did. It was an extremely long run he did. It must have been over the course, what was it, four or five years, Ross, he did? Um, just two seconds, double check. I'm pretty sure, sure. it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, 2004 to 2008, so four years. Yeah, so yeah. So by that point in the character, I mean, you you can almost feel for the guy. Like, if I'd wrote for him that long, I would be thinking of him as, well, if he if if I want him to beat him, that's what's going to happen. You yeah, know? exactly. That's, that's the other thing as well. Like, being so ingrained into that character's life, it would get to a point where you probably do see him as invincible, you know, and it'd be difficult to sort of pull yourself you know, back a little bit in order to sort of create those flaws. Just kind of why, like, you see, like, the likes of, like, Batman and Superman go through right or so, you know, so much is purely yeah. just to give that sort of refreshing look into the character. And, fortunately for Judge Winnick, well, although he's done a stellar job with Green Arrow, it is feeling like maybe it's time to, to get another. I mean, we were talking about this last episode about how it's nice to see sort of refreshing artwork. Maybe it's mm-hmm. kind of now, now time in this run to get some refreshing writing in the go, so... Yeah, okay, so we'll finish up the comic segment there, and uh, how many arrows out your quiver, Ross, are you going to fire at this book? I think I'm probably going to give it, uh, I'll give it three arrows, I reckon. I'm going to stick, mm. stick with three, actually. Yeah, it wasn't, it didn't jump right out at me to get that sort of higher up than three, but it's still decent enough. It's still a decent read. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. It's the first time we've agreed in a few weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so three from the boys at SCR. Um I think I think that's that's justified as well. If you've if you've read this as a separate book, you might feel slightly different. If you haven't been like reading, but reading the way that it was when it, it got released, I do feel threes three out of fives more than enough for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So uh moving on, we've got this week's arrow. It was episode nineteen titled What was the, the title? Man this under week? the hood. That's right, the man under the hood, because as of last week the revelation came around that Slade was just telling all all his tales to Laurel. Yeah, it's quite awesome. I mean, I I know you you weren't too keen on this week's episode, but I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant, and I'm loving how we're slowly the writers are slowly pushing Slade and Oliver together for the final outcome, and this episode just pushed them even closer. And it was just like non-stop, and I just I don't think I've ever seen such a badass character in years in television than Slade Wilson, man. It's just so cool, and uh, Manu Bennett's just fantastic playing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it kind of I mean we had the week hiatus between the two, between last episode and this one here, and uh, you know quite quite a lot of TV shows kind of suffer with the hiatus to try and get themselves back into some momentum, but but nothing was lost at all, and it just generally felt that there wasn't even a week's break. You just jumped straight into it, and it was nice to see Team Arrow being on sort of the, that sort of attacking mode as well uh, for once, you know, trying to destroy uh, the the lab in order to sort of like you know um, 
muck-ups, Slade's plans and stuff like that. So it's quite good. I mean, it was only really for one scene they were on the attack. After that, they were pretty much getting pummeled by Slade since then. <laughs> but, um, but still, it was good. I mean, it was nice and a lot of kind of character. And as I said, it's just really fleshing out and, and moving the story forward. And it's just getting to that point now where we know there's only four episodes left. And it's just it just looks like it's just going to be absolutely all-out crazy. It's going to be good. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this this episode was was decent as well. What did you think of it? Uh, I don't know. Like it was, it, it felt too choppy with the different cuts. And I know that's me being very picky, but it felt as if there was a lot of scenes taken out. Personally, um, I don't know why it was just when I was watching it, I was like, "Okay, tell me more." Ah, oh, you're going there. Okay, tell me more. Ah, oh, you've cut to that. And I understand fast-paced TV, yada, yada. But, I mean, uh, there's certain things about the Green Arrow lore and stuff that I'm like, I need to know more about this. I want to... Well, not Green Arrow, but Arrow TV show. I want to know their versions of things. And they kind of cut away from a lot. And I know we're eventually going to get the full story. They seem to know what they're doing. And uh, the show hasn't lagged at all. Like, this isn't a bad episode compared to Birds of Prey, but it just wasn't up there with the likes of... Barry Allen or Deathstroke um, a few weeks ago um, but just up until the end like I wasn't really, and no Ross it's not because Roy wasn't there this week but but I did catch one thing that um, Roy was away and um, it maybe was done subliminally or whatever by the, the writers of the studio but did you notice Thea was wearing like a red top and then she had a red jacket on and it was like yeah, I know what you're doing, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that was to show she was missing Roy or it was just, you know, because the word speedy was used again when they were in... They've got this sort of weird room for the back the back eight. I don't know if this is American clubs, but, I mean, I've been to the few, the, like, um, behind the scenes, if you will, of pubs and clubs over here, and it doesn't look like... What, what that looked like was, like, a small, like, um, local corner shop here, you know, the way that they've got that room set up. Yeah, and, and did you not? Did you notice as well? That it was like she just does not know how to use space properly. The way she was stacking those bottles in some <laughs> some sort of weird zigzag pattern. It's like you could totally get twenty more bottles on that shelf. What are you doing, Thea? And you're the manager of a club. Get it sorted. <laughs> I know. So I did think this week that Ollie was going to have to take a job at the club. Um, because obviously he got um, removed from. He made a stupid business decision last week and gave Summer Glau. What's her name in this? Isabel Rosechef. Isabel Rosechef, that's right. He gave her um temporary CEO position or something last week yeah. and she decided while he did that that she was going to call a board meeting because Ollie's not been there a lot. She took the company off him. Now, this isn't new to people that read the comics Ollie's lost and gained back uh, Queen Consolidated or whatever version it's called. But in this, it kind of seems like he's not really bothered about losing it. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to work out because, like, if you think about it, how's he going to pay his staff? Like, how's he going to pay like Diggle and Felicity and all that stuff if they're now not, if they're yeah. not working? Well, obviously they'll be work, they're still working for Queen's Industries, or yeah. f- for now they are. You know, yeah. I mean, you never know they might end up because obviously now we know Slade and Isabel are um, are working together. So obviously I'm assuming Isabel will know that, that Diggle and Felicity are working for the Arrow. So mm-hmm. they might themselves find themselves, you know, getting cut off from, from Queen Industries. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. And it's just like, he, it hasn't really been explored too much. I mean, I know there's so much going on with the Slade versus Ollie thing, but I think it kind of, I think after the big 
the major thing of like Isabel taking over. I think that should be addressed or needs to be addressed in the next four episodes anyway. Like, what the hell's how's he going to work out his financial situation? I know mm-hmm. it was sort of touched upon in the fact that they were trying to sign their assets so they weren't touched by mm-hmm. by Isabel, but still, that's not you know, it still needs to be fleshed out a little bit. And maybe that's sort of bringing back to your point the fact that you know it was showing you something but then cutting off too quickly, maybe for pacing of the episode or whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, it's like there are there were certain things where you kind of sit there and go, oh, hang on, we kind of need a wee bit more explanation because we now know we're only four episodes away from the finale. There still seems to be quite a lot that's still like left open, and um, it'll be interesting to see if quite a lot of those things might continue on in season three that we're you know that we're not aware of yet. So. Yeah, uh, it'd be quite good. Yeah, I mean, as you said, overall it's quite good, and I'm surprised you you've you never uh, your your Nightwing theory hasn't come up yet. Is considering well, that um, Isabel did say that they found him in the uh, in Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh god, Ali, I'm going to wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something. When I did watch the episode, um, I turned around to Natasha and I was like, God, oh, Nightwing's from there, and she just kind of looked at me with a raised eyebrow. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why isn't Ross sitting here? I was like, you know, and he would just, he would laugh, and he would raise an eyebrow. <laughs> um, that was, but yeah, that, sorry, sorry, no, you, go. you go, sure, um, but yeah, that was what I instantly thought. I was like, God, Nightwing's gonna come in and rescue him, but he <laughs> didn't know. Yeah, but that, that was, was quite striking that bit with with Roy. Like, I, honestly, I was got so caught up in the episode, I just totally didn't think that that would have been Roy in there like I didn't even call it like it was only till like when he was in there and I thought hang on a minute Slade wouldn't be have himself like chained up with that and I was like no it can't be it's not Roy and it turned out to be Roy and I was like what and it was just like <laughs> I can't believe this this is ridiculous and then obviously it's going to set up whatever's going to happen next week with seeing red but and and I did predict a few weeks ago when we read the title that it would be about Roy, and I believe I was right. So yes. um, <laughs> the the one thing I did say, like this episode was very predictable. Like, see, uh, when uh, Isabel was going to shoot Arrow, and then all you had was I was like Diggle, and it was Diggle, and then I was like Roy's not going to complete the blood transfusion. I said this at the beginning. I goes half of the blood will go in. So what de- I said. There's no way Arrow could fight an army of full-blown Deathstrokes with full Mirakuru. So I said the the blood transfusion will partially work so that uh, Slade has got this small army that are kind of semi-powered. And mm-hmm. it turned out I was almost right at the end because the soldiers were all standing about with half of the blood in them. So Roy, he's still got an army and they're still going to be powerful, but Arrow's going to be able to fight them. That's the thing. Yeah, it was quite good as well, though. And, and you did see sort of flashes of... Um, of Arrow besting um, Deathstroke as well during that yeah. scene, um, and the fact that you know you saw like uh, I think there was quite a f- there's a two times I think where Slade sort of got taken aback with the um, the uh, uh, the electrical trick Arrow yeah. at Slade, and there was a few other things that even just rescuing Roy as well. I think there's a couple of things which just shows goes to show that although Slade is just like the ultimate human being, you know there is a reason why why Arrow thought he was originally dead because you know ultimately it looks like Arrow does have that maybe a bit more of a tactical advantage in terms of like his mind being able to think clearer than the yeah. Mirakuru enraged Slade and that kind of did come through um, in that sort of section bits where like you know he did see Slade get taken aback. there's been a couple of times actually through those episodes like where Slade has found himself you know cornered or 
being like, aha, touche, you know, yeah. Oliver. Did not expect you to come out with that one. But still, it was quite good. And, I mean, yeah, and also shedded more light as well onto, uh, like, Laurel as well. You know, shedded? the fact that... Sh- yeah, sh- yeah, shedded some light, you know, like... Shed. Shed some light. Shedded. Shed. <laughs> shedded. Same thing. Shedded. That's like, that's like smarterer. <laughs> I am smarter than you. <laughs> but, but still, uh, Laurel, Laurel was hev- featured in the episode as well quite a bit, and it's sort of you're slowly seeing her, you know, realizing that Sarah is also there, uh, part of the whole thing as well. And I think she's kind of figured out that her dad knows because after it, he got kind of a beat down in prison by like a guy <laughs> locked up, and it was quite brutal. I mean, the guy was going to town, and then. When he was in recovery, like Laurel kind of took a back look, and she was she was like, "Does he know that Sarah's black canary as well?" And I'm thinking she knows that his dad knows that she knows that. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was quite touching as well to sort of like see the family or see Laurel wrestle with the the realization that her sister and Oliver are in cahoots in the crime fighting side. The speech that Quentin gave was a bit maybe too Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. style in my eyes the way he was like the, the way he was said the speech i was kind of like reciting every single commissioner gordon speech in my mind it was a bit too cliched in, yeah. in the dc universe the way it was yeah. written but but you know at the end of the day though how many times can you really write that speech in a different way because it's just been so overused well, it's a bit like the amazing spider-man when uh, martin sheen tried to say with great power comes great responsibility in any way that he could without saying those words like when yeah. you've got something to do you have to stand up and do it you know <laughs> exactly yeah it's just kind of like i mean there is only so much and you sort of have to give them that give them that fact but i mean quentin is does portray that sort of commissioner gordon type character anyway but it was still quite good and i'm, I'm enjoying how laurel's really picked up the pace in terms of characterization over the last few episodes as well so you See, know the one thing i didn't get that i did that did annoy me is like and it's every tv show why when a character finds something out do they make one of those damn boards with like newspaper clippings it's like you instead of just reading the papers and putting them on your desk you're spending the time to cut out each article and stick them up on the wall it's like, why are you getting the scissors out? Like, making some sort of craft work design in the wall, Laurel. You can read, you know? <laughs> and it would just have a folder like normal people. <laughs> no, I'm going to cut them out perfectly around the article, then stick them up in the wall. Yeah, go away, Laurel. Just do it properly. <laughs> See, and then we just drag her back down again. Can't yeah. it, <laughs> she can't get, she can't quite reach the peak of SCR's appreciation. <laughs> yeah. She's almost there. I mean, considering ten episodes ago, uh, t- ten episodes of our podcast ago, you know, she was mm-hmm. totally right down in the gar and she's slowly working her way up, but <laughs> we'll get there. And obviously, finally, the the major the major thing of this episode um, was the introduction of some flash characters, uh, which was it was quite good. I, I, it was quite cool to see them, but now, felt... now who, who were those characters though, Ross? Before you get into your opinions, who were it they? Was... I know we're not doing a character discussion tonight, but are we? Beef? It was um, well, Cisco Ramon and Caitlin Snow. I believe right. Caitlin Snow. Uh, they were featured, and um, obviously we don't really know how these characters are going to be in the TV show versions of the Flash because it's not been aired yet. But with in the comic, Cisco Ramon is more commonly seen as the superhero vibe. And uh, Vibe has recently been given a big reboot in the new 52 uh, continuity by Jeff Johns himself. Um, And basically his power is, I think he manipulates sound. I think that's his... um, 
his main power. I'll have to double check again, but I'm pretty sure that's what he kind of does. So he's a, and, he's a bit like me hosting a podcast. Yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> the la- uh, Latino version of Ali. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then obviously, uh, uh, Caitlin Snow turns out to be the ice-powered villain, Killer Frost, which is quite a mainstayed villain. He's, she is one of Flash's rogues, rogue gallery ones. And uh, there are sort of tips to the cap to their... Uh, the, or alter egos, where I think um, I think Cisco says I have a bad vibe about tonight. Oh, then, I see what she did. <laughs> and then I, th- I think Caitlin Snow as well says something like, "Oh, I'm just getting really chilly today." And it's just like, "Oh my god, this is so bad." It's like it's, Clark Kent saying he's super. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so bad because it doesn't fit in with Arrow, but no. Like, cause I don't know if you, your Home Alone music came on as well. Like immediately when the Flash characters came on, it was that sort of yeah. like Home Alone. Just like it was a proper tonal shift in the entire episode. Like we were still in this dark, gritty, you know, like uh, you know, massive sort of like cat and mouse chase, and then all of a sudden we're getting these sort of like preteen young scientists kicking about a bit like Fitz Simmons and Fitz and Simmons and sort of Agents of Shield. You know, it's like it's like these wee kids coming along like you know Cisco and Caitlin's kinda of like, get away. This is the adult show. Go back to go back to childhood Flash TV. But then again though that that suits Flash though with yeah. the, that sort of tone. Uh, but it doesn't fit with the crossover of Arrow and I think now that we've seen a bit more of a a broader crossover with that episode. I don't know how it will fit that well if they do cross it over that yeah, much. But I think they should stick to if it does cross over is just purely Flash, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think the other characters would be able to sort of you know, hold it up. But yeah, so so they obviously, they, they encounter Deathstroke and within 20 seconds they actually managed to take him down by the, the first characters ever to do it in a season they take him down by. <laughs> but, using, but using this gun and um, it's what it was. It was one of my friends that pointed this out, right? And I totally didn't get it. Um, it's a it's a light powered gun, right? Which um, was invented by Doctor Arthur Light, who is Doctor Light from Identity Crisis, who was a Star Labs employee. So that that weapon they used was created by Arthur Light, supposedly. Yeah, that's quite cool. Because obviously, Star Labs was obviously we forgot to mention that they were Star Labs appeared in Arrow again. Yeah, he's a, yeah, they appeared, and all we heard, uh, we also heard Iris West mentioned as well. Oh so yeah, we did. Get a wee bit, a bit of jealous look. A wee bit gel, well, well gel is the well gel. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like the the characters, there's not much we can really base on it at all because no. you know the TV shows out. But it, it it was nice to see that they're they're trying they're trying to sort of really prove that these shows are intertwined and they are part of the same universe. But hopefully, once the two season three and season one. Of Flash, you know, get up and running. Hopefully, they don't cross over too much because, as I said, that just did not fit very no. well with the whole idea. Especially because we're maybe it's just because we're in this the dark, gritty sort of chase and the run up to the finale, and throwing this in just felt like it was shoehorned in rather than having any specific plot. Well, was it not episode nineteen? Was meant to be Barry Allen, Barry Allen's origins. I'm sure it was. Or um, yeah, I think that was the backdoor pilot. But we we said that in the last episode. We thought maybe Birds of Prey was yeah, it was a filler episode. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's it's quite good. I mean, like to, that episode as well was written by Jeff Johns, so you know, it was it was nice to sort of see the crossover and stuff like that. And it's quite cool to see different sort of characters as well, um, you know, being mentioned and stuff like that. But again, it just didn't fit. I did, I don't think that episode needed that scene at all. It could have done without it and maybe used up that extra time by explaining some more 
um, plot points that we were talking about, maybe flashback episodes, because obviously Dr. Ivo, uh, did he get shot in the episode? I can't remember if he did. Uh, Ollie yeah. shot someone, yeah. Was yeah, Ivo? shot Ivo, that's what it was. So the, it's quite funny, because obviously he doesn't know um, of well, Sarah hasn't got to the League of Assassins, but then he's like, "Oh, never kill anybody." That's why I shot him for you. And it's purely like, I bet she's killed more people than you ever have now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like again, like the flashback episodes, they seem to be taking a bit of a uh, a back burner. Slow now. pace. It's yeah. a slow pace. I mean, how long are they going to get to take Slade out? And now he's got. This, this is what got me. Now he's got a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's just like, so where funny. did you get that? <laughs> I know that obviously that's when they found the Mercury, but still, it's like what ne- what next? A fighter jet? <laughs> it's like, know, it's oh like, yeah, look at what you've got ah, here. It's it's like so. Not only in the future does Ollie go, yeah, it's something I forgot to tell you. On the island, he's like, oh yeah, when I was looking the other day, I found a fully supplied military base. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, th- I, I think he said those infamous words in that episode as well, where it's like, oh man, there's something I was meant to tell you, and everyone's like, oh my god, again. <laughs> Ollie, just tell us the whole... See if I was Diggle, would you not sit him down, put a gun to his head and go, just tell me everything now. I'm not really going to shoot you, but it's just for the atmosphere. Tell me everything so we don't need to do this again. We're not on a TV show anymore, Ollie. Just tell me. (laughs) I think it's more of a plot device than anything. Like, obviously, because we're just finding out the island, so we can't know before it's shown. But still, it's a wee bit like, oh, yeah, that's why that happened. And they're like, well, if you told us at the start of the episode, Oliver, we would have sorted this out in the first five minutes. <laughs> so, it really is going to get to that point where it'll be the final scene of the finale. And then mm-hmm. I'll just be like, oh, this is how you defeated Slade. I knew this. Like, <laughs> oh, Diggle's like going, what, I've got two broken legs for nothing. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now in a wheelchair. I'm now the Black Oracle instead of the Black Driver. And you, you could have sorted this out in season one if you'd been honest. Yeah, it's like delayed reaction, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. You know, halfway through season three. Oh god, that's how we could have solved that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll get round to like everything will come together. Like it's more connected than other programs that use that slogan and their corresponding films that don't connect. But <laughs> um yeah, I, I, I still didn't like this episode. I, I don't know why. It might have just been, like I said, the fast-paced cuts, which is understandable. It might just been the Home Alone music flash team, like I said the last time. Um, but I will say next week's episode looks 100% more badass. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. I wonder if like Royal have... I don't know if it's set up, but it'd be quite cool if Royal like, has no memory of what's going yeah. on, and that's why he's just well, like this enraged thing, you know? So The interesting thing that I found in the trailer, that it might take a rewatch, and I could be wrong, is Thea says something to Ollie in the sort of arrow cave, and Ollie's sitting with the hood on. So does she know that's Ollie, or is she going with a yeah? You kind of look like my brother, but the green mask throws me off. <laughs> yeah. It'd be quite interesting to see how this goes, and and hopefully it's not too much of a detour from the Slade versus mm. uh, Oliver yeah. thing. So obviously it seems to be very Roy centric, which is up. good. Yeah, it's always good. Imagine he went and got his friend from Bluehaven, and it turns out his name's Richard. <laughs> you just you just want this had to happen. Oh, you? <laughs> man, so bad, so bad. But I can't see that happening this season, unfortunately. If it no. if it ever does come to fruition, because not much has been said after the slight teases and the silencing that um Steve McQueen got, you know, it kinda seemed like it was he was releasing info and he was trading in an eight wing shirt and then nothing. And he went for a meeting with arrow writers and 
it was, was just on, no, like, no info. I was on some like forums and so, like so, some people were saying that maybe that was just his way of just shouting out towards the Arrow writers on Twitter to be like, look, I want this part. Other people are sort of more on the conspiracy side of things, reckon that the part was written, done and dusted, but he blew the lid off by posting out on Twitter, so yeah. they wanted to keep it such a secret that they decided to shelve the part until yeah. later on, once the, the dust had I died th- down. I do believe the second one, because he did post up saying, before he'd done the whole training, like, meeting with Arrow writers today, and then that's okay to do, but then the fact that he put a Nightwing training with the Nightwing shirt on, it's like, come on, guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds it sounds something like that, maybe that's caused the thing. I mean, even the the well, last look at year... look at Kevin Conroy with the Arkham, the new Arkham game. He he tweeted saying, "I'm voicing Batman in the Arkham game," and he said, "Not Arkham Origins." So he kind of yeah. almost ruined Arkham Knight before it was announced. Yeah, that as well. And I think yeah, maybe they're trying to be secretive. Maybe they have like, mm. some decent plans with Nightwing, and it'd be quite cool. And especially if people are following the comics, so I'm not going to say anything more about it. But like, what what's going on with Nightwing in the comics? be quite cool to see Nightwing in season 3 you know um, by that point so be quite cool because it's not a spoiler saying we may may not have Nightwing again you know it's not no 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 no, so we Um, may not have Nightwing again so so it'd be quite cool to have him in season 3 to to appear on the TV maybe that's why they're going to get given the rights to you never know ah I hope so better that sounds quite cool if that was a case (laughs) yeah see if it doesn't happen (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna make it happen. We'll just have to boycott. We'll just need well, to fly over there and storm into the Arrow Writers Building and just write it for them. <laughs> there's still a there's still a chance after the summer that we're gonna to get to talk to Jeff Johns because I've spoke to these people and they're up for it as long as it's after the con season, which is summer more or less. And uh, if we get to talk to Jeff Johns, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. I don't care if he says no or yes or whatever. I just got I just want to hear him lie. You know the Arrow uh, that Nightwing's not going to be on it because Nightwing needs some love. I mean. I know a lot of people like the the only problem with Nightwing Ross is that a lot of, that well it's it's a problem and it's not a problem. A lot of people like Tasha or Michael, her brother, my brother in law, basically says, Who's Nightwing? And I'm like, Right, imagine Robin okay. You know Robin? Yeah. Right, he grew up, okay, and left Batman. So who's Robin? I'm not getting into that just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to him, but just take it as that. Oh, so is it real? I got yeah, Nightwing's real. He's been around for quite a while since George Perez first made him Nightwing, and um, that's a that's also a bonus point. Like a lot of people might be like, "Oh, folk won't relate to him," but that's good because many people that watch Arrow won't tie him to Batman instantly. Yeah, that's that's one thing as well, and the fact that because like Nightwing has become such a because he's been like the leader of the Teen Titans in the comic books, he's you know he's, he's such a maintain mainstay character now. The point where like he's moved so much so far away from batman that there's not really any connections whatsoever you know like if he was on if nightwing was brought into arrow they, they wouldn't even need to even verbally reference like bruce wayne or batman at all because the character's moved on for so much since then you know obviously they would just be cheeky things, it just but... it just seems a bit too much bloodhaven references for it not to happen yeah well, that's another thing as well. I mean, why why, why single out that one, Continuous. that one city? Yeah, continuously you since know. season one. Yeah. Why not say Central City? Why not say yeah. Keystone City? You know, why not yeah. say Coast City? You know, so yeah. it'd be quite cool. Yeah. It'd be interesting. So, yeah. I mean, overall, as you said, Man Under the Hood, it was good. But um, but yeah, hopefully, maybe next week's episode will ramp up the um the yes. excitement more with the Roy, with obviously the Roy, Roy centric and um. <laughs> then we're so close to the um the season finale. What are we gonna do when it finishes, Ali? Just um, 
watch Agents of Shadam Sh- Sh- <laughs> 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 No, we won't be that bored. <laughs> oh no, no, we'll just be looking at too much news about Batman Superman. I know I must be. Yeah, that starts filming soon. So <clears throat> I think it films in a couple of months or now or next month or now. Yeah, one of the two or three options we gave you. <laughs> we're very specific in this it's show some, I can't believe they're filming this year and it's not out until 2016 what even what, what uh, I know because even Star Wars episode 7's out next year December I, know, I, I said that to my friends I was like see by the time that we get to see Batman vs Superman we would have seen Terminator 5 Jurassic Park 4 Star Wars episode 7 Ant-Man oh, God. <laughs> Ant-Man 2 yeah. Uh, and a whole load of other like major films that we've been waiting all Sinister Six, Spider Man Three. Yeah. See? See everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The point of Batman versus Superman, like, oh, we can't be arsed with this anymore. It's been too long. Because <laughs> Jingit says Affleck smoking too many bongs on set. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where's Matt Damon? <laughs> Neither that, or he's, he's actually well, what he's actually doing is he's making the Phantom sequel while he's trying to do Batman versus Superman. Ah, yeah, I think so. Batman <laughs> Phantoms, man. Anyway, <laughs> we're glad you joined us, and we're glad you listened. We're going to wrap up this show with a few plugs. Yes, <clears throat> if you're loving us as you should be loving us, you can Love catch it. up. You can catch up uh, over uh, over at StarlandCityRadio.tk. All our episodes are up there. You can get us there and listen away. And if there's anything you've missed out, you're more than more than welcome to listen away. Um, you can also find us in Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Um, please follow us on Twitter at Starling Radio. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Starling Radio. We've been quite dry in terms of our questions, so it'd be great to get some more questions, some discussion with some of the listeners. Um, I usually do a character spot. I didn't do one tonight. Um, However, if you guys have any characters within the Green Arrow universe you'd like us to discuss, either comic book related or TV show related, give us a shout. Again, get us over at Starling Radio on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Starling Radio. Yes, and of course, they can also listen to us on allgames.com on a Friday night before Agents of Shieldcast. Uh, and also on Stitcher Radio, iTunes Podcast, you can get us everywhere. If there's a place you can't find us, let us know and you want us there, we'll be there. Uh, we're also part of the Comic Podcast Network, I think. Yes, we are. Yep. Kind of. Well, we are. We're getting to grips with the Comic, po- the yeah. comic Podcast Network. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, but we're definitely part of all games. Ooh. And uh, yeah, we'll be back this Sunday, Monday, with another episode of uh, Star and City Radio, live for your ear holes. And before we go, as always, and Ross maybe thought he was getting away with it this week, but I've got a quote for him. <sighs> and it kind of relates to Arrow in the TV show because he's kind of lost everything. So, Ross, take it away. <clears throat> will we ever get back will we ever see the arrow cave or the arrow car will we see those days again when kids flocked around us in department stores asked for our autographs and played with the green arrow toy arrow kit will we folks will we stay tuned and tune in next week thanks for listening bye now